wait, wait, William. I told you that I have three books to outline. Intervision Press has given me a three-book deal. Great. Whoopee. I couldn't be happier. But when you're here, you work for me. Molly, we've been over this a thousand times. Good God, woman. I even put you on probation. Yeah, I bet you wish you hadn't already played that card. <laughs> you ain't got nowhere to go. How about we go here? You're fired. <laughs> Boy, you funny. Hell yes, a girlfriend's podcast. Today, we are covering Too Big for Her Britches. Mm. I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm at Zero. And today's episode was written by Tim Edwards and original air date October 25th, 2004. Etsy, what'd you think of this episode? It was a lot of physical comedy. I enjoyed that. Oh God, yes. Oh, this is one of my one of my favorite gags that she's done on this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. A few seeds were planted, which is really good because uh, we're getting, I think we're, yeah, we're, we're halfway, more than halfway through the series and we're reaching the home stretch. We are reaching the home stretch. Next week is our 100th episode, Etsy. <gasps> oh my God. We celebrate. Dude. We fucking made it. Well, we didn't officially make it, but next week we will have made it to 100 episodes, <laughs> which means we have 72 left. So, hmm. yes, guys, it's the farewell tour. We're reaching the home stretch. <laughs> 72 is going to go by quicker than you think. Like, this 100 went by so fast. Like, it is. I forget that we didn't start this podcast a year ago. Like, I keep thinking it was like last year. It's been like two years. It's been two years. Like two years exactly almost. Wow. Yeah. So that's exciting for next week. And but before we get into the episode, I got some questions for, for Miss Etsy Rowe. Etsy, have you you watched Barbarian? I did. I really liked it. This girl, this mixed girl looks like Halle Berry. She looks like Halle. Does she? She's not as fun as Halle, right? But no, no for sure not. For sure. But she looked like Halle, my nigga. Like, some so, of those scenes I've when she was running. She actually looks like Rosario Dawson. Have you have you thought of that? I can see that as well. I can see that. All yeah. those kind of, like, ambiguous kind of sort of, you don't kind of sort of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of... Yeah, I can see that. But I got Halle... By the way, listeners, we're talking about actress Georgina Campbell. So yes, yeah. yes, fantastic actress. She did a fantastic yeah, job. She's pretty good. Loved her. Um, she's British, right? Yeah, she's British. Well, and her her British accent is very British. So her American accent in the in the movie is very good for the way her actual voice sounds. Well, they out here killing the game, the British yeah. invasion. But anyway, <laughs> so shout out to her because she did fantastic. The movie was. Great. I strongly recommend you guys to go see it. Before I watch the movie, I'll rewatch the trailer. And then I watched the movie and I was like, see, that's how you do a good trailer. That's how you do it. You give the audience a little bit, just a little bit. What am I going to see? Oh, well, you know, the girl, she checks into the Airbnb and there's some white boy waiting for the, waiting there for her. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what else is going to happen. And you don't need to know. Right. You go in blind if you can. That's what I suggest. But all you need to know is what we told you. The Airbnb double book. There's already a guy there when she arrives. It's supposed to be just her. Loved it. Loved old boy from It. He's doing the <laughs> horror movie thing. Love yeah. him. He does a good job. Everybody ate that up. Yeah. So I had on a, on the list Barbarian and Black Panther. So y'all, we didn't have time to talk about Black Panther in the last few weeks because we had a guest. And I, I like to devote most of the time to the guest. But here are our thoughts on Black Panther. Well, I'll let Etsy go first because she's she's vocal. Well, I loved Black Panther. I thought they did a fantastic job in exploring those feelings of grief and trying to really find who you are after someone that's close to you passes away. Um, I didn't like the major decision they made. If you watched it, you know the major decision that I'm talking about because I was just like, at the end, why? What, which major decision are you talking about? Um, the one that happened in the middle that set everything off. Oh, yes, that one. Okay. 
And then, actually, now that you bring it up, I didn't like the one at the end either. The one after the credits. Uh-uh. I didn't like that one either. So, uh, Yeah, I have I felt guess. some type of way about both of those as well. Some people are like, yay, and I'm like, y'all don't understand what's... What the, What's going what the ending on. is implying. Yeah, it's like, they're like, oh my God. But I'm like, y'all don't, y'all are simple-minded. Y'all not seeing what. <laughs> like, y'all don't see the bigger picture. Y'all don't see the bigger picture. Like, this is what I'm saying with some of these people. They just, they're just like going in to be entertained. But like, if that's what that means, and if we probably not going to get another movie for another few years and they're probably going to do a time jump like how they did with this one. What exactly are they saying? Let's think here. Let's put on our thinking caps and think. 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 Because when we use our minds, take a step at a time, we can do anything. That we wanna do. Do, 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 do. Come on, y'all. Let's get it together. They didn't want to make the other species upset. <laughs> and Shuri did a fantastic job. Well, yeah, overall, great movie. There was a few, there was a lot going on. I will say that. It was long, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a Marvel movie. Jeez. But I'm there was a lot going on in that movie. But all in all, great film. Oh, 10 out of 10. Highly yeah. recommend. Ten y'all out been ten. watching it anyway. We've seen them numbers, so shout out to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the episode. That's why we're here. So I'm going to start out with the cold open, and we start at Skia. Uh, we're at Skia with the girls. Joan's complaining about how hard it is to uh, start a business, and it's wearing her out. Tony says, try being pregnant. This baby's wearing me out. And Maya's like, well, try being friends with y'all complaining, complaining asses. Y'all are wearing me out. And mm. that's when um, a guy walks by and Lynn pulls out like this really professional camera and tries to take pictures of him. Apparently, she is a paparazzo. Is that what the, that was the solo, the singular paparazzi, paparazzo? Mm-hmm. Lynn is picking up that. Yo, how, how quaint. Paparazzi? Nowadays, <laughs> you just pull your phone out. Everybody got a, got a camera. But back mm-hmm. in the day, that was the niche market. Yeah. That was that was definitely the niche market. And also, you had to know, you had to have the inside scoop because you had to know where these celebs were going to be, you know? It wasn't yeah. like the internet where you can kind of pick and paste and easily look up appearances and stuff like that, their schedules mm-hmm. and get a sense of what they're going to be in. Or look at their stories and be like, okay, I, they posted a story from here. Yeah. Like, they might be around this area, you know? Uh-huh. It wasn't like that. Like, you didn't... It wasn't easily able to, like, stalk them and be easily accessible. So, like... Yeah. It was definitely something that she could make a good money on, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, she's trying to take a picture of... She sees a guy from afar, and she says, Oh, my God, that's a little boy from ALF. Did you watch ALF growing up? I know you're a little younger than... A lot younger than me. But um, did you ever watch ALF? No. Should I Google it? You can Google it if you want, yeah. Um, it's a if you guys don't know, it's the show about the alien How do you spell it? A L F. It's actually oh. an acronym for alien life form, but I used oh. to love that show growing up and I used to have oh. like a toy elf that you put a tape in its back and it reads you a story, like its mouth moves along to the story. Then so, yeah, I used to love this show. And I think the little boy they're talking about is the, the one that plays Brian Tanner. I don't know his real name, but yeah. Yeah, if I you, see it. I've definitely seen these images before, but I've never watched a movie type of thing. It's a TV show. I mean, the TV show. But her job is actually to get pictures of washed up celebrities for a magazine called People Who Used to Be People. And she gets up from the table because she thinks she sees Blossom. Have you seen Blossom? Did you watch that? No. Girl. Well, you know what? You're, you're young. You're younger. So. Blossom. Blossom was like early, like mid to early 90s, like 93, 94, 95 probably. And uh, it had Joey Lawrence in it who plays Blossom's older brother. Well, the middle brother. Oh, this show. I know this show. Okay. And so, yeah, so she thinks she sees Blossom, who she's in some stuff now. She's in Big Bang Theory more most recently. So, and she's the host yeah. of um Jeopardy now. Yeah, so she'd be at, working. At this point, though, when the show when 
Lynn's taking her photos, I think she was actually a person who used to be famous. So she'd be a part of her catalog at that moment. Okay. And that's the end of our cold open. We open back up at Skia and Maya is sitting with her literary agent. And he tells her that they loved her rewrite and they want to offer her a three book deal. Three book deal. Yeah. And, money, and I'm just like, yes, Maya. And it's Tim, Tim K, Tim Carnawick. He's the same guy from that episode where she was beefing with Ronnie. So they brought him back. He's her agent still. And I love in this scene where he's like, that's not it. I don't get my clients the ice cream without getting some jimmies. Jimmies? Well, I don't know you like that. (laughs) (laughs) And jimmies is just another word for sprinkles. But because Maya's from a different world of language Mm -hmm. and but that's another like those kind of jokes where they show that Maya's from a different demographic and class culture she doesn't know certain colloquialisms and white phrases and things like that so you know it's a Soho joke over again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so after that they are at uh, we move on to Joan's house and Tony got some questions for Joan Tony's getting bigger and bigger and she asks Joan if she can borrow her clothes since Joan is still bigger than her, even though she's a few months pregnant. She doesn't say bigger. She she implies that. And she, yeah, she, says, she says fatter. Fat. <laughs> and um, Joan's not fat. I mean, she got a fat ass, but. Yeah, that's about the only thing that's fat on her. fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the whole scene is basically Tony. Wanting to borrow Joan's clothes because Joan has fat clothes. Well, we also find out in this scene that Tony has such a hangup because she has a family history of women getting really big yeah. after they have kids. So that's probably why she's so hung up on even gaining a little bit of weight. And Joan tells her, baby girl, you're pregnant. You're not going to stay that size zero. <laughs> Where the baby going to go if you don't gain some weight? So, Yeah. <laughs> But Tony says, You know the women in my family. After one baby, they're on fat disability. I was like, oh my Jesus Christ. I clutched my pearls. Because we're not used to hearing, like, Mm -hmm. these type of phrases anymore. Like, it Mm -hmm. really is an eye-opening thing when you go back to these shows. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Um, it's like, Tony, we've seen your mom. She ain't fat either. So. Veretta's in good shape. Yeah. Oh, girl, she's looking good. Yeah. So I don't know, but this whole scene is just devoted to fat shaming Joan. Joan don't got time for it because she's trying to work on J-Spot stuff and getting everything together. So we move on to the law firm. And Maya's on the phone with her mom, hands-free. She's supposed to be handing William a file, but she's so busy talking to her mom about what she's going to do with all her money, her literary money. She's like, oh, I might buy a place in Calabasas or something like that. Maybe get some satellite TV and cable. I might get some TiVo. TiVo? Mm. This whole episode's chock full of like early 2000s nostalgia because it's so expected to already have that. Not TiVo, but like you can rewind live TV. Mm -hmm. But you don't don't do live TV, I know. (laughs) You do the thing thing. So you can always rewind. The thing thing. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. To the point where we don't even look at the TV half the time. We're on our phone. We're doing other shit. And if we miss something, we're like, ah, whatever. We can rewind it. Mm -hmm. How spoiled we are. (laughs) It kind of messes with your like attention span too because i yes. felt like i paid attention more because it's like bitch if you don't catch it now you <laughs> you well, gonna have to wait till that's it comes how i back am in the on. movie theater because i paid for that so i'm not gonna be on my phone during the movie theater in the movie theater no. but if i watch that same movie at home for the first time i'm on my phone i'm looking up stuff because i know i have the option to rewind in the theater mm-hmm. i don't so i'd be making sure mm-hmm. if i'm on my phone it's very important <laughs> that's that theater experience yeah so, yeah, I kind of worry about that sometime about our attention spans and how everything's oh, pretty much curated for us. Yeah. Was it Idiocracy? What movie was it? We're like, there was a movie that came out like 20 years ago. What is it about? Um, So, like, it was a guy who is selected as like a guinea pig for this top secret CIA program or something. And he's forgotten in the program and then he awake when he wakes up he's in the future where like everybody is dumb 
and he's the most he's the smartest person there but he has average intelligence like in real life oh, yeah because we've all gotten dumber as a, as a society society yeah yeah because everybody's just gotten stupid oh. so it's pretty good i'll check it out it's a good one it's idiocracy oh yeah okay. <laughs> i'll check it out um but yeah so maya hands uh william the file and goes to leave the room and william has a button on his desk that allows him to close the door hands-free and he closes it so maya can't leave which scared me <laughs> Yeah, it's giving hmm. Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. It's Did you definitely hear that giving it's definitely giving Matt Lauer a little bit of Bill Cosby sprinkled yes. in there. Yes. Well, I don't know about that you know, one. You guys know that story. Go ahead and Google it. We're not gonna bring that to our show. Yeah. I mean, y- 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 y'all y'all could do y'all Googles. But it did um. give me a trigger uh when it closed <laughs> when she was trying to get out. And so William looks at the file and says, Did you proofread this? And she's like, Well, I always do. And he's like, well, then read it to me. So she picks it up and it's all kinds of messed up. It's just, it's fucked up. Ash Flabert <laughs> Gervetz Bligahort. And she's like, well, you know, I was doing my nails while I was typing it. She was doing her nails. She's like, I'll just retype it tomorrow. Now, Maya, I want to be in her corner. I really do. I do. We like Maya. But she's really not taking shit seriously. And I Mm -mm. get it. She just got this huge news from the publishing company and she thinks she don't need the job no more. She has one foot out. She's quiet quitting, as the kids say now. Mm hmm. Yeah. And she's like, you know, but I don't got time to do the um, to redo the file right now because I got three books outlined. Mm -hmm. And he's like, listen, I already put you on probation. Like and she's like, well, I bet you wish you had never played that card. Now you don't got nowhere to go. But he does have somewhere to go. He fires her on the spot. Yeah. And and when he said it, I was like, damn, you ain't giving her no warning. Like, yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's supposed to be a warning before the big, big kahuna. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you don't if you don't do this, you know, file over right now, I'll fire you. Like, say that. And then if she don't do it, then fire her. Right. But he went straight Donald Trump and was like, yo. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. So she don't believe it at first. And he's like, I'm serious. I can't say he's wrong. I can't say he's wrong. Mm-hmm. It just, it's mm-hmm. unfortunate. It really and is. And so she's like, you know what? I'm going to pretend this never happened. I'm going to get this done when I get to it. Plus, you're, you're afraid of me anyway. So William calls security. I was like, oh, he is serious as fuck. He's not playing with you, bitch. And uh, she's like, well, you know what? You can't fire me because my heart hasn't been in this job lately. My head hasn't been in it. And my ass ain't in it because I quit. And he's like, oh, so you don't want to collect unemployment? And she's like, oh, I'm so fired, boo. (laughs) (laughs) So next, Tony's at Skia talking to Maya. And she's like, hey, Maya, you've had a baby. And I noticed that your body hasn't fully recovered from carrying Jehoshaphat. So tell me what you did so I can do the opposite. How hasn't it not fully recovered, though? All of y'all is skinny as hell. See, this is the thing when you got this cast where it's like, you got to make believe something is what it is, and it's not like, how? Well, you also have to understand that Tony is just Tony, and she's going to call you fat even if you're a stick figure, just because. She's going to imply it, at least, because she just wants to be rude and put you down because she's Tony. She has to be better. Mm-hmm. That, and most of that has to do with genetics, Tony. Sorry. So what yeah, works for if, her might not even work for you. If you're going to catch the weight, catch the weight, gain the weight, it's predetermined. Your mm-hmm. DNA and your... The ancestors already determined it for you. So Yeah, there's nothing you can do about <laughs> it unless you want to do what you was talking about in the previous episode. Or get surgery. That's it. Oh, yes. That's true. She has the money for it. And mm-hmm. she does know a plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. She's married to one. Me too. I mean, he could he could give you your mommy makeover and y'all can call it even for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Maya's uh, sitting there trying to ignore Tony and she's reading a magazine and she says, oh, my God, Intervision Press has been bought out. What about Shit. my book deal? Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. So this magazine, this is early 2000 shit right here, right? This magazine had to have been printed way in advance. <laughs> She just got the information about the three book deal yesterday, we're presuming. Mm-hmm. 
So it was printed at least a few days if it's a weekly magazine. Yeah. So something the timing ain't right. Mm-hmm. Either the news about her getting the book deal were wrong or lies. It ain't like she read it on Instagram and it's instant or Twitter and it's instant. So when she met with the with the agent, that was another day, right? I'm assuming it was a different day, but I would have to look at what she was wearing. Right. So assuming that it was a different day, because I don't remember what she was wearing. Well, she did already go to work and get fired. So I don't think it was that same day she met with her public, her uh, literary agent. I don't okay. think she met with him before work. Right. So it's a different day. So let's it's assume been at least it's a, day. a few days, right, in TV world. So it's possible that he could have gotten it right before they got the official news that they've been bought out and it's a wrap for her book deal. It's possible. Or or she got fired a few days after she found out about the book deal. After she found out about the book deal. Yes, exactly. So Maya's book deal's in jeopardy. And she already quit her job with William. So she needs his money now. She needs to figure out what's going on. She's in kind of a bind. So... She goes to her agent's office to talk to him because he's not answering the phone. So she goes to the office of her uh, her literary agent because she can't get a hold of him. And Maya gets there and Lynn is the, the assistant at the front. How cool is I that? I gotta give it to Lynn. I gotta give it to Lynn. There's something to be said about her always being able to get a job on the fly. That's a skill. Maybe she should really open a hustle consulting company where like how do you just pick up gigs i'm serious especially during that time it wasn't as easy as it was today yeah she could she could have started something that could be like some kind of like nowadays it'd be a page on some kind of social media or something that would Mm -hmm. give you tips on like interview tips networking tips and things like that but i think also what comes along with that is her confidence to be able to try it because she saw Tim at the party and talked to him at the party about a job. Yeah. And she dated him. She said she dated him for a bit and it didn't work out. But at least she wasn't shy. She was mm-hmm. actually confident enough to go talk to Tim about it, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So Tim is purposely blowing her off and Lynn's showing him that, you know, the loyalty by keeping him keeping Maya away. And then Tim comes out of the office and sees Maya and pretty much lies to her face. Stop playing me. Yeah, Lynn, stop playing her. Come on, Maya, think that we're giving her the runaround here? Come on. What about to give Maya the runaround memo? Not this, Maya. Maya Angelou. <laughs> ah, temps. Maya, I was just about to call you to tell you to talk to Lynn and schedule something. But since you're here, let's cut out the middleman. Talk to Lynn, schedule something. I'm in a meeting. And heads back inside the office, uh, pretty much giving her the runaround. Mm-hmm. So Maya's like, so Lynn, am I, am I still getting my... Um, She's like, when can I expect my next check from my, my book deal? And Lynn's like, well, you can expect it anytime. <laughs> but it ain't going to come. <laughs> so um, yeah, That's a good one-liner. She's like, Lynn, uh, can you stop being assistant and be my friend for a second? Mm-hmm. Well, Tim yells from his office, is she gone yet? And I'm like, Tim, really? <laughs> Why don't you just text Lynn and say, hey, has Maya left yet? Instead of yelling and, and, and letting Maya hear you. I think maybe the yelling would have been faster. Yeah, but Maya hears that. Maya hears her literary agent say, is she gone yet? That's the last mm-hmm. thing you want to hear from your literary agent. Mm. To know that he's purposely dodging you. And you thought you were going to get a three book deal with some more checks coming in. And now you ain't. And that's the thing I hate about this industry like that. This entertainment industry is that people just don't want to be up front and be like, yeah, you know, know. it got bought out and the book deal fell through. Like, what is what does that how does that hurt you by being up front with her? At least that gives her something to prepare and something like instead of just giving her the runaround, that's mad energy to get this girl to run around, especially Maya. She going to keep calling. She going to show up on site. Well, the thing is, Maya is persistent, but not everybody is. Um, So that is a good point. But also from Tim's perspective, if you tell her that you don't you don't want the reaction, people don't want to confront people because they don't want the reaction and they don't want to deal with Mm -hmm. possibly seeing someone get upset, possibly seeing someone cry 
or whatever. Conflict. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't want that. That's why they, they, they're not up front with people. Instead, they'd rather just be like, well, I'll avoid them at all costs. And that's, that's the mm-hmm. sad part. And yes, in the creative industries, I have gotten that a lot. To the point mm-hmm. where I know the language now. Like, I don't, you don't even... Mm-hmm. You don't even got to say nothing. Your your silence says enough. The inability to reach out says enough. So that's when Maya goes to William's office. She's trying to apologize for everything that she did. I know that I was negligent in my duties as your assistant and that my attitude and my vocabulary were both very inappropriate and, and totally uncalled for. And I cannot blame you for firing me. But now on this day, I have come in here with a brand new attitude, a strong work ethic, and my rent, a very real issue. (laughs) I was hoping that we could wipe the slate clean. You know, start fresh, (laughs) begin anew. And she wants her job back. And William's like, you know what, that was a great speech, but um, especially since you're on the security watch list, but... I already feel the position. And this guy is flawless. Now, this guy, I don't know the actor, but mm-hmm. he is funny. His name is Avery. And he comes in and he does everything before William asks for it. And that's how you're supposed mm-hmm. to be when you're an assistant, Maya. That's how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to anticipate. Yeah, like when, especially when it's such a, um, there's a routine that I'm sure that William has. So William was about to ask for the donut. Avery already had it. The calls were already made. The schedule was already made up. It's just like everything is tip top. The T's are crossed. The I's are dotted. Maya, you can't compete. And it's not because you don't have the ability to. It's because you got comfortable and forgot that this is a job that just happens to be with your friend. It's still a job. Yeah, it's not social hour. Yeah. That's the problem working with your friends. We've said it. Some people mm-hmm. don't either don't I don't know if she doesn't take William seriously, so she doesn't do what she needs to do or she just doesn't take the job seriously because she feels like William's going to stand up for her and not fire her. But we know he did. And you never know. You never know. That's why you just shouldn't work with friends. It gets messy. It gets mucky. Yeah. And some people are good friends, but terrible employees. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's best not to mix it. Mm-mm. And it could mess up friendships, too, when you got to fire them and tell them that they suck at working. Mm-hmm. How do you come back from that? So William mm-hmm. tells Avery that he needs some documents done by three o'clock. And William says, Avery, can you do it? And he goes, oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh, no, it's a book. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I found a copy of it in one of my drawers. It's amazing. It seems like it was written for black women. And yet I totally relate it. <laughs> I feel like I can conquer the world. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a brief to prepare and distribute all up and through. (laughs) You know how I do. I like that. I like that connection. It was cute. He was like, I can totally do it. Oh, hell yeah. Is he gay? Avery is giving me. Why are you? How would I know that? (laughs) Oh, like like later episodes? Because he ain't tell me nothing. Yeah. Like, okay, Avery, since he's going to be working there now, I assume we're going to see him. Again, I think we're going to see him again. Yes. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't know if they mention his sexuality. It doesn't matter. He's motivated. He's a motivated guy. It is, he doesn't need to be. We don't need to know his sexuality. Right. Shout out to Avery. <laughs> he said, oh, hell yes. So next, Tony's out to lunch with Lynn. And Tony's talking about how her body's not looking the way it's supposed to look. And this is another reason. This is like I said earlier. Maybe she shouldn't be pregnant then. Yeah. This is why I was so here for her getting the thing thing um, <laughs> in the previous episode because Tony does not want to have this baby. The thing thing. <laughs> she doesn't. She. I feel like she wants the baby. She just doesn't want to ruin her body. And you can't predict what's about to happen. You don't know. Some women snap back quickly and some don't. don't. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. you don't know what's about to happen. But when you're pregnant and you're carrying a child and you're ready to bring that child into the world, you just got to be ready for whatever's about to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and she's very concerned about her body, which honestly, I think that's a, a concern with a lot of women yeah. um, when they get pregnant. But it's like, Tony, you bring it up every two seconds. I mean, and then an episode And she's only ago, at the beginning of the pregnancy, too, so. 
yeah, you, this is nowhere near the biggest that you're going to get. That little bump ain't nothing Yeah. to what's coming. And I bring up her bringing that up because just the episode ago, she wanted to get the thing thing. So, like, is it just her looking for ways to express her frustration with keeping this baby when she doesn't want it? Like, her worrying about her body in of itself isn't an issue. When you add that to her getting the thing thing or her wanting to get the thing thing, then it's like, mm, I don't know if you really want this baby. Like, like you said last episode, it's not a pair of shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, as quick as she was to change her mind about the abortion and now she's still having issues, I just think altogether, you're right, she she might need to get the thing thing for real. Mm-hmm. While she can. Yeah. I mean, she's trying to lather herself up in, uh, in Crisco olive oil. <laughs> so, like, if you're doing all that kind of shit, yeah, I don't think this pregnancy is for you. But, yeah, she's afraid that she won't be fabulous anymore after the baby's born. And she says, that's the only thing I have left. I mean, if I don't have that, what do I have? I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it ain't like you're a great person. <laughs> All you have is your looks. <laughs> oh, God. Tony, Tony, Tony. Great band. <laughs> Love them. Um, <laughs> um, so Lynn's like, listen, Tony, I'm going to teach you a spiritual chant. That's all about the changes that are going on inside of your body. Repeat after me. <laughs> And then she looks over her shoulder and goes, Dustin, Dustin. (laughs) And of course, Tony repeats her. And she's like, no, it's Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell. Screech. Rest in peace. But. Oh, shit. He did die, right? Yeah. He had like cancer or something. So Lynn runs to take his picture. And that's that. So then next, Tony goes over to Joan's house to pretty much yell at her for not being there for her while she's pregnant. Because Joan's working on the whole J-Spot business plan. And that's kind of the thing that's been her main focus recently. And boy, oh boy, this little seed of conflict is about to get major. This is the thing that's going to be the kind of like downfall of Tony and Joan's friendship coming up for the rest of the seasons that she's on. By the end of season six, it'll be a fully grown tree of conflict so this is a little bit of sprinkles that we'll see later on and so Joan's like um I'm sorry Tony but you know what it's like to start a business and then she stops and she's like why do I smell bacon (laughs) why does she smell bacon because Tony says that in order for her to prevent the stretch marks or at least decrease the stretch marks she gotta put all that Crisco all over her which i've heard putting oil shea butter etc etc on your stomach cocoa butter on on the stomach to to, but i don't know about the crisco i feel like i might have heard that somewhere it sounds like a southern thing that's probably why i've heard it (laughs) (laughs) and so um if you look at tony's arms if you look at her arms they're mad shiny so you can tell they actually put something on her arms yeah and she's like She's like, oh, I got stuck in traffic for three hours with a broken air conditioner. So she's cooked. cooked. And uh, she goes around to sit on Joan's love seat. And Joan's like, uh-uh. And she says, Don't you get Crisco all over my chair? Get yourself a towel, Slick. <laughs> That's not how Joan talks. Right. She was talking like somebody, um... Black sports homegirl. Yeah. Like, she was about to... Get yourself a towel, Slick. Oh, uh, of what you would you say? It's like <laughs> I don't know. That kind of took me back too. Yeah, I was like, why did mm. roll her to say that? Like sometimes every now and then, John will say something like that. That's a little too ghetto for her. Mm-hmm. Definitely too too urban for sure. Yeah. Should I said urban instead of ghetto? No, I don't want to offend I anybody just, who lives in just in case people people don't know what we talking about. Who do, you, who do you think listens to this pod? Well, once when I heard that is was it like more than half of Insecure's audience was white? That's that had me looking like Bro. I'm thinking, what do y'all get out of it? What do you, how do white people relate to that? I mean, they they be watching. They, they like say to, nigga they like every fucking 
five seconds on that show. How do you they relate? They be watching to get an insight into black culture. You know, white people are obsessed with black people. That's why we can't just go out without them minding their business <laughs> and just letting us be. So we already have established that, right? Throughout since the beginning of time, they have been obsessed with the blacks. So now you have this show who's staying true to black culture, staying true to black womanhood, and it's being displayed for really anyone to watch. Of course the whites are going to watch it quietly. Because you know how they do. Yeah. But they're watching. Okay. How do you think that's how they came up with um with friends? They was watching oh, Living single. single. Yeah. They was quiet though. They're not gonna tweet about it. They're not gonna give it any online engagement. So visually you think that this is only a show that is appealing to black people, but the numbers, the numbers yeah. are telling me different. Hmm. Damn. That's why Anne Hathaway saw when she saw Esau on, on the red carpet. <laughs> she was like, Oh my god, I love her. Oh my god. I said, bitch, Princess Diaries. <laughs> How you know her? How y'all know each other? Y'all work together or something? How you know about her? How you know about her, though? I know how she knows about you, but how do you know about her? You know about her. Right. Uh-huh. They know. Um. So Maya comes in, and she's so happy that Joan is frying something up because she needs comfort food right now. Because guess what? Maya didn't get her job back. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that moment, you see Tony put down like a black trash bag, like garbage bag over the couch. <laughs> and Joan goes to give Maya a hug. And Tony's like, wait, I want a hug, too. And she reaches. She reaches for Joan and she slides off the couch. I was like, <laughs> yes, comedy. Like, this is fucking comedy. <laughs> None of this corny shit. This is real shit. Oh Ever God. since she's been pregnant. She's had these little things, like the little throw-up sound she does, this thing. It's been a lot of physical comedy that they've been giving Jill. And yeah. I love it. And the, the forgetting shit. The the short-term memory loss is another one. Yes. Yeah. So Tony's like, well, if Maya doesn't have a job and you need an assistant, Joan, why doesn't Maya just work for you? And Joan's like, yeah. And Maya's like, all right. It's either that or slip my wrists. So Joan's like, awesome. I'm excited too. Which, Damn. Uh, was it that bad working for her? Shit. Slit in the wrist? Maya, it couldn't have been that bad. You was there for a while before you started working for William. So let's let's stop the cap. Like, yeah. Plus, it's your friend. You love to work for your friends and not do much. So why not? Mm-hmm. So next we're at the J-Spot, which is obviously William's old house. And, well, he lives there now. He doesn't... It's not an old house. He still lives there currently in the story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to work, but... Joan and Maya are there. They're picking out paint for the walls. It's between two colors. Uh, Venetian ruby and Brazilian something. You know, what is Brazilian it? something, but the ruby didn't look red. Oh, I don't know. I didn't like none of them, so I wasn't really paying attention. But... It looked like pink. Like a... Like a... Like a raspberry pink and then like a, almost like, like a this muted. Yeah. Very muted color was the second one. I don't know where they got red from. I was like, is it my thing thing? Cause <laughs> it might have been. I don't know. I'd have to watch this it again. This shit don't look red to me. It might have been your thing thing. So Joan asked Maya which one she likes better. And Maya says the Brazilian and then... Joan instead chooses the Venetian ruby. Disregards totally what Maya said. And Maya keeps coming in with the ideas and Joan keeps continuously running with her own ideas. Now this makes sense. We've seen something like this before. Was it during the wedding? Yes, during Maya's wedding. Mm -hmm. And that was Maya's wedding. And she was still overriding Maya's ideas. So just imagine with her own restaurant, how many of Maya's ideas she's going to take. None. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Maya should just, well, in this moment, we know she doesn't need this job later, but I was like, just be the assistant. You don't got to pick out the colors and shit or help with the decor. Just run errands. Yeah, I was like, that's not even needed anyway, girl. Just get her, pick up her mascara and her, um, her laundry and whatever, whatever, dry cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that should be your job. Don't Don't put in any input on the other shit. But I don't think Maya's feeling that. That's when William stops by to see how everything's going. And he checks in on Maya's job search. He's like, how's it going? 
She's like, I'm working for Joan Crawford. Do you know that reference? No. Who's Joan Crawford? She was in Mommy Dearest. No wire hangers. You know that? that phrase? Oh, bitch. Yikes. <laughs> That's the, uh, and she <laughs> says that when she tells her to go pick up her dry cleaning. Joan says, uh, oh, yeah, no wire hangers. <laughs> and William's like, wait, I'm your investor. So how can you afford an assistant? She's like, oh, I, I afforded a, an assistant with your investment. And he's like, wait, wait. So you're telling me that once again, I'm paying Maya not to work for me? And that's a really good point. He fired her. And now she's working for him again, but in a different way. Yeah, I mean, the money, has, some of the money is going to trickle down to Maya, but that's just what it is regarding the structure. You're an investor, right? So Joan can technically hire anyone that she pleases. That could, that money could have went to Tony or whoever. Well, yeah. So, yeah. But William is still paying her and she's already shown her work ethic. There's a reason. He well, she's her. shown her worth ethic to William not to like she might do, she might do better with Joan than she did with William considering that it's more so errands than actually tasks and they seem like I feel mm. like errands are worse because you got to leave and for all I know you ain't coming back or you're not going to be on time you don't get sidetracked and go do other shit like yeah. get your hair done out of sight out of mind I want you in the office <laughs> she seemed more upset too like more irritated Joan? When Joan was asking her oh. to, um, very, um, irritated. Yeah. So she, yeah, all the, I think because what Maya thought she would be doing was more of the helping out with, like, the paint colors and the furniture and things like that, not going around doing her dry cleaning and shit. So that's mm-hmm. probably why she's a little irritated. But William has some news. Some good news. William got her the rights back to her book and he got her her second check. I know that's right. You know, that was really cool. I don't even know if she asked for that. He just did that on his own. Yeah, I think William kind of felt bad for firing her. That's why he did Mm, that. (laughs) And realized she needed to come back in and get um, get her job and he already hired somebody and felt bad about that. Yeah. But still, the fact that he had a solution and just didn't sit around feeling bad for her, he actually went into action and did something to make sure she was financially stable, at least for the short time, you know? Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yeah, that was This might be the nicest thing he's done as a friend on this show. As a friend, yeah. The most (laughs) useful thing he's done. Do you remember? So Joan had on one of them vote or die shirts, right? Yes. Oh, my God. What a time. Oh, if you remember, I was so young. All I remember was P. Diddy popping up on TRL every other week talking about vote or die, vote or die. And he had all the celebrities wearing that motherfucker's shirt. Vote or die is a little extreme. It is. It was, um, it became a movement. got the message across. Yes. Man, if you have one of those shirts, it's a relic. Go ahead and, and, and sell it. Like... You might or get some keep money it for, for that. a little a little longer and then get get more money, because right well, now long? I feel like right now we've seen the resurgence of Y two K, so I feel fashions. like if you keep it for like an, yeah like Y two K fashions, so I don't think because we we're going through that cycle again of it, yep. I don't think you should sell it yet, right? I think wait, you like should wait until yeah wait a little bit. Until it's died down, then it becomes like vintage, right? Like mm. almost like something that you get from the 70s. Or wait until the election comes up the next one and mm. sell it then, like around mm. election time. That might get you a bigger payday. Mm-hmm. And then you guys so can who got them cash shirts. Apples. Yeah. Cash give me that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how much her check is that he got for her. Is it another 25K? I, I want to know how long she got. To like, I don't know, but she she quit. So I think it might like, be another 25 quick. 25 quick. 25K. Yeah. It might be something to sustain her for a few months. Because I know the first 25K, she didn't really get to spend it. Said it but now that she has the full check. Yeah. Because she already she had to pay off some stuff. Yeah. 
yeah, now that she has the full one, I think it's definitely enough for her to chill for a few months and then get an actual job that she likes. Yeah. So Joan hears that William got this check for her and she's like, oh my God, that's so great. And it's perfect timing because I need you to go to the bank, Maya. And I'm Mm-mm. like, oh, we're seeing, okay, this is the start of Joan mm-hmm. being tone deaf Doing to people's most. needs and wants because she's so caught up in the J spot and what mm-hmm. she needs to do for that. But that's what Maya brings up the line that she used to quit with William earlier in the episode. Look here, I, I, uh, to be honest with you, okay, my heart hasn't really been into this job. And my head hasn't been in it either. And, and I'm ass in it because I quit. <laughs> so why don't you go in and take your little XXL and uh, as for your dry cleaning, you know what you can do with your way hang. It's okay, because I'm free. <laughs> and she leaves and William's like, oh yeah, by the way, Joan, I hate the color on the walls. We're not opening a whorehouse. We're opening a restaurant. I didn't think what those the said whorehouse. The pink and the, and the mauve got to do with a whorehouse. Yeah, those colors didn't. What color would be whorehouse? And how do you know what a whorehouse color looks like? Oh, William? you know how he knows. <laughs> it's William. I can't believe you asked that. I, how you? I don't know. That, and that's very specific. Like you know the colors of the walls. <laughs> I believe that William has been a lot of places. Doing a lot of things. And networking. Because, you know, them Republican dudes, they'll go to all kinds of places and have little get-togethers and shit. Those special parties. Yeah, them special parties and underground shits that you only get invited to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's how okay. it works. But the colors are fine. They're not They're not the best, but they're not a whorehouse. Definitely. So next and lastly, we're at Skia. And Joan asks Lynn to be her assistant but Mm. she can't why can't she she can't because she's too busy trying to run to find j-lo oh yeah that's one reason uh we'll talk about that she takes out her camera well she sees j-lo first she takes out the camera drops it on the ground it breaks and she's like don't worry i got it back up she reaches in her pocket and i don't know why i thought this (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was like she's gonna take out a camera phone that's the first thing I, I thought. I thought that too. Yeah. After that I don't too. know why. I know why I thought that because that's what people keep in their pocket nowadays. But mm-hmm. instead, it's a um, disposable camera. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, yeah, camera phone, of course. But no. Disposable cameras. Man, I used to live and die mm. by the disposable camera. Mm-hmm. Walgreens. They were expensive too. Walgreens in Gainesville. Y'all had my back that summer. Surely did. Yeah, I really did. Damn. And then I feel like the phones they did have cameras but it was so blurry and grainy yeah, it wasn't clear. yeah so the phones down around that time wouldn't have been good for her it's mm-hmm. just carrying a disposable camera in your pocket is just i can't imagine that's comfortable especially the the Mm-mm. way the pants were tight back then <laughs> but mm-hmm. whatever also lynn is waiting to hear back about a job with nasa so she can't be jones assistant right now until she knows that fell through not a job with NASA, bitch. Hey, you know what? The way Lynn gets jobs, who knows? She might be able to somehow finesse her way into NASA. I she gotta it. be lying on her resume. She has to. Yeah. You gotta have some kind of scientific something. I don't know what the requirements are for NASA, but what if you work the front desk at NASA? Do you think you need some kind of like scientific knowledge just to work the front desk? Take calls and shit? I don't think so. I don't know. If we have any people, any NASA, NASA Twitter. listeners, NASA Twitter, Science Twitter, STEM Science Twitter, Twitter, yes, let us know. Black STEM Twitter, let us know. Do if you want to work the front desk at NASA, do you need any special science degree, or do you just need admin experience? That's the question. Let us know at Hell Yes Girl, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're also. Um, we're also on TikTok now at Hell Yes Girl. So if you want to talk to us on there, you can do that too. Ooh. I'm still getting the hang of the of the of the TikTok. Yeah, still get I don't know how to curate like I can on Twitter, but I'm learning. All right, I'm learning. Yeah. The kids on TikTok, their editing skills is just whew, y'all are wasting this on TikTok. Some of y'all need to be doing music oh, videos. Yeah. I'm we're putting videos up by the way. Yeah, if you want to see what we look like and everything and see the visual, some visual <laughs> clips of this, go to TikTok. And yes, I edited them and I'm learning a lot. So hopefully I can turn that into a job one day <laughs> with the practice from doing <laughs> it on this show. But anyway, um, so that's the end of the episode. And next is our oh hell yes moment. 
Etsy, the floor is yours. My oh hell yes moment is William getting Meyer her rights and her second check. Dang. I, I should have said mine that. first. That's mine. That's mine. That's like the oh hell yes moment of the season. Yeah, that's the most like, clear one though. That you couldn't, there's no other oh hell yes moment in this episode that would overtake that one. That one's just major, major key as they say. Yeah. I was like, I know that's right. You know, and it's still, and it also gives us the, to be in the know that William, even though, yeah, he fired Maya or whatever, but you know, they still cool. You know, I fired you because you're a terrible assistant, but I still got your back. Yeah, Shout you're out still to my you. friend, you know, you're just a terrible yeah. worker and I can't ever hire you again. But <laughs> if somebody else wants to work with you, I can definitely get them to pay you. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're good on that. Yeah, that's my oh hell yes moment. So moving on. Um, yes, like I said earlier, TikTok. Uh, we're on TikTok. Uh, I'm going to be adding more as time goes on. And they, I want to direct like traffic over to tiktok so some of those videos won't be on twitter you'll have to go to tiktok to see them mm-hmm. so head on over to tiktok at hell yes girl and of course yes as for now we still have our twitter intact um <laughs> but the the person who owns twitter he hasn't run us off yet so fingers crossed we can continue staying on there yeah. that shit don't make me mad and also head over to apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts and uh give us five stars if you can and also send us a review let us know what you think of the show and we'll read it right here uh, at the end mm-hmm. next episode is titled the mother of all episode and it will be our 100th episode Woo! man we made it. William, move it on up. Wow. You know, I, you know, I, when you do a podcast, you never know how long it's going to go. You know? Mm-hmm. You never know. So mm-hmm. the fact that we made it to 100 is really a blessing. And we're going to have a guest on from the Golden Girls So Good We Named It podcast. So Ooh. make sure you come on through and listen to that. It should be a fun conversation. So until then, I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye.